Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. He's finally done with it. I can't believe it. I don't <laughs> I know, have to right? watch him play the thing anymore because it's always like popping up down there. Like Paul's playing Void Destroyer too. <laughs> like about every five <laughs> minutes, I get that bounce. So I don't know. It, it, can we can we get like a an agreement <laughs> with Paul that he'll never play his game again? <laughs> yeah, no. right. Um, Probably not. Are you, yeah, sick, reason- are you sick of seeing it? <laughs> the reason you see that is because I go in the game, I test some bug, I leave the game, I type like a line of code i played a game again it's, it's just like on and on like that it's it's crazy uh he's already um, it jim, just happens to be connected to steam jim he's already yeah, talking just, about void destroyer 3 he's already talking about the next game so probably we'll get to that <laughs> too by the way but yeah we're gonna be here we're gonna be here for a while uh also joining us is your co-host spaz hello and your co-host, Hunter. Yep, I'm here. And for, uh, you heard him talk a moment ago, a record fifth appearance on this podcast. I don't think anyone else, the only people that have come close are the Kerberos people, and they've been on four times. So, Paul. Spaz, and Spaz doesn't count. No. Yeah, I don't count. <laughs> no, you don't I count. I was a guest before I was a host. Yeah, so. yeah, you don't count. No, Paul, welcome, Paul Z. I'm not going to try and butcher your last name. We we agreed on that last cool. time. I'm not going to do it. Hey, guys, good uh, evening. Yeah, the developer of the recently released and amazing Void Destroyer 2, uh, back for Thank a you. fifth, fifth time. So you are now the mo- our, our most numerous guest that we've ever had on. Nice. <laughs> So that is awesome. Um. Oh, right. Thank you, Spaz. I forgot to put a link. <laughs> um, folks, we're testing out. Uh, also, we're testing out Twitch only streaming because multi streaming is doing nothing for me. So I don't think not really doing it in the growth area. So we're going to, you know, throw our eggs in one basket. Um. So, Paul, welcome back. The last time we had you on, I looked it up, was near the end of 2016. Um, so, so you've basically been ha- you basically had this thing in early access for roughly three plus years. And years, four months. Whew, and I gotta say, you had a real you had what seemed to be a really great uh, early access period. There were a lot of updates. A lot of, I mean, a lot of patches, a lot of dev updates, a lot. I saw like every time you had an update, there was a lot of people talking about it. Um, so let, let's let's talk about the journey from there to here. How do you think being in early access, and especially being ac- early access for such a long period of time, how do you think that went for you? Well, as far as the game goes, I think it read really well. As far as development, um, as far as like my my mental state, um, there's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, <laughs> a lot of ups and downs. Uh, turns out that people got really burned out on early access games. People were like so suspicious, um, you know, because of other titles, and and even let's say even my title being long in early access. Let's say. Um, they, you know, people were burned before. Um, also, Steam took 
separated early access from new releases uh, based on like customer feedback and things like that. So um, it was a much more different experience than the first time around in Boy Destroyer. You know, uh, the industry is constantly changing, um, just like YouTube's changing with their you know rules, uh, things like that. The same thing happens on Steam. You know, it's kind of funny. I watch YouTubers and they complain about how YouTube is uh, screwing them over. And I'm like, now you guys see how we feel, you know? <laughs> it's like the same thing, you know? Oh my God. It's the same thing. They like, it's like YouTube kind of makes it harder on everybody except the people at the top, right? Of course. Um, the same thing happens with Steam, you know? It's just, just, how, just the nature of the beast. So as far as development goes, um, I'm actually shocked at how well it turned out. Uh, kind of hate to brag. Um, but it turned out turned out better than I thought it was going to. But at the same time, it took me way longer than I thought it was going to do. So it's uh, kind of a double-edged sword there. But yeah, but you were so open about your development. I mean, I would chat, I would see the responses to your numerous dev posts and nothing. I never really saw any complaints about why are you taking so long or anything like that. Like most, most people seemed pretty, um, pretty okay with, um, with the length of time. I mean, you have games like star sector taking God nine years now in early access and people love that thing. So mm-hmm. and there's Pulsar, which has been in. Right. Oh, God. Oh, God. What, but five, six years? Progress on that it. One? And they've got yeah. a great. Yeah, they got a great community, regardless of and, how long it's taking, just because of how they're handling. And yeah, I think that's the key. You says, you, I mean, it took a long time, but you had a great community around your game. And you also had a lot of positivity around your game. Uh, which you were the amazing thing was that um you know old players and new players would go through the game like top to bottom you know so uh the community really helped out as far as like features and bug testing and things like that you know uh couldn't have done about early access yeah and there is a lot there there is a lot between the top and the bottom with this game uh let us talk about the evolution between Void Destroyer 1 and Void Destroyer 2. Because if I recall, I mean, I didn't get very far in Void Destroyer 1. Uh, it was more of a, li- if I recall, it was more of a linear experience, Void Destroyer 1. Mm-hmm. And it was yep. brutally hard. Brutally hard. <laughs> um, But then you released the uh, Sandbox DLC for Void Destroyer 1, which was really a precursor to this mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Now, is this like the same engine? Is this an updated engine? Like Yeah, so everything. So what I did was um, I released Void Destroyer 1. I did the polishing, the bug fixes, and, and, and whatever I could there. And then I basically made a copy of Void Destroyer 1. And I called it the, the sandbox, let's say. Um, at which point I added the sandbox features. And it became like a, like a basically like a prototype, you know like a very early pre-alpha vertical slice prototype. Then that got released as the mini sandbox DLC. And then after that, um, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm hearing two cats fight. I'm sorry, guys. Oh my gosh. Is that um, what so- that was? <laughs> <laughs> They're like in across the house too. Oh my God. Cause oh my we God. heard that. I heard that on your thing. 
was about to say, <laughs> this must be some it's big it's cats. Now. Turns out it's a lion and a jaguar. <laughs> One of them is as big as a lion, I swear. Um, so then, um, or was it? Yeah, so then I copied it again, and that became Boy Destroyer 2. You know, so essentially everything for Boy Destroyer 1 stayed. Uh, stuff got added on. And then towards the end, things from Boy Destroyer, some of the things from Boy Destroyer 1 were removed, like um, manually placing platforms around bases, uh, research system, like pretty basic things. They weren't like really hugely developed things. They just didn't fit in, uh, in Boy Destroyer 2 so much. So, But the majority of stuff is, uh, it's like, it's like 95% Boy Destroyer 1 plus like 300% Boy Destroyer 2, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as it, like code, you know. It, it feels like that in the game too, because it's such a massive, massive thing. Uh, when people say it's Mountain Blade and Mount and Blade, <laughs> if I say it fast enough, it sounds like Mountain Blade. Um, people People have compared it to Mount and Blade in space, which is... I would say fairly accurate. It is a big open sandbox of a thing. And there is a story, but you could probably ignore it if you wanted to, right? If you really wanted to, you wouldn't have to uh, do it. There is a there is a sandbox only mode. Oh. Um, right. Right. I forgot um, about that. But the story mode is like the is like more of the actual game because there's a whole the story is pretty extensive. It takes you from the beginning till the end. Um it doesn't like cut you off in the middle. It literally takes you from the beginning to the end. Um, there's uh, the story took me like a year, year and a half to put in. It took forever. Um, so it's it's a pretty substantial part of the game. And and does it does it kind of guide you from the small ships to the fleet to the taking over yeah, territory so that way, sort of thing? Yeah. So the way it does it is it puts certain requirements. You know, like, okay, this first mission you can do in a fighter, you know, and then this next mission you need a gunship. So it's already assuming that the player, you know, did X number of missions at, you know, certain amount of money to buy a gunship. And then it's like, hey, now you need a Corvette. Now you need a little fleet. Now you need several bases, um, that type of thing. So it doesn't really force it on you, you know. Right. But it says like, hey, come back when you have this, or if you already do, you know, if you want, you can keep going, or you can do more of the sandbox stuff, you know. I gotta say, I'm loving the sandbox stuff. I'm also loving the variety. Like when I f- saw there was a specific repair ship, um, I have to say I love that thing. <laughs> I, l- mm-hmm. I I love it so much. <laughs> I whenever I get into the game these days, that's all I've been doing is repair missions when I find them um, because they pay well and yeah, they pay based on how bored you are. <laughs> how long they take. It's fine though. It pays pretty well. Yeah. And it's, it's like great to listen to a podcast while you're repairing stuff, you know, plus yeah. the thing I, was that, you know, the game's called boy destroyer, right? Destroyer. So, um, people are always like, yeah, oh, we want more peaceful missions. And I'm like, Jesus, how, how the hell do I, do I manage that? You know? So uh, when I put in the, like the repair missions, they were like attacking fleets coming at you, you know? Uh, and they would right. destroy the, the station before you could repair it. 
you know? Yeah. So I'm like, do I get rid of this mission? Because this mission's like just totally broken, you know? Like you can't repair this thing before this fleet shows up and destroys it, you know? Do I like get rid of this mission? But I'm like, no, it's like one of the few peaceful missions in the game, you know? I'm like, okay, I'll just remove the enemy fleet. And I'm sure there's players that are just going to like sort of enjoy the peaceful change of pace, you know? Right. So every every element like that has like a story behind it you know that's how development was every little thing has been like fought out over so long compromises have been made uh sacrifices you know uh, and people a, still like will point stuff out that could have been done better you know I'm like oh jesus why didn't i think of that you know i did have a question about um about the repair thing i didn't really see those missions pop up until I got a repair ship. Is the, is one contingent on the other? Or are they just are those missions just there um, when you go to no. that station? Okay. So the way missions work is um, for factions. So these are totally separated from the story, but there's there's all these different factions in the game, right? And usually you do like an introductory mission for them, and that opens up several auto-generated missions. And the more you do of those, the more missions open up. So you, you didn't see them. Because they weren't like at your oh, mission rank yet. Oh, I see. But once you do it, they just kind of keep expanding. And then there's right. a little bit of a random element of them appearing, certain missions. Uh, certain missions need certain things in the overworld mode, like clearing an asteroid field of pirates needs actual pirates to be there. Some sort of oh. stuff. Some are just like you, just infinite and auto generated. Some have a little bit of that component to them. So for that right. mission, you can actually hire repair ships. Oh, okay. You don't actually have to sense. own a repair ship. You could you could just hire a bunch. You know, oh, okay. Even more, potentially even more profit. You know, plus you can do it faster with multiple repair ships. I like doing it myself, though. I just really yeah, enjoy yeah. doing it myself. Uh, now I saw there's another ship that's like a shuttle. So, like, are there passenger missions in there? I haven't gotten that far yet. Um. um there aren't any passenger missions, but mm. you can have that shuttle doing automated runs for you. Oh. Um, and that actually boosts base economy. I didn't um, know you could do that. So actually bases will will make money faster. So later on, when you have your oh. own empire, you can set up set them up for yourself to, to boost oh. your, your bases. Okay. So the evolution that you're supposed to go through this game, it sounds like, because I'm still with repair ships and whatnot, uh, is basically you start off with one fighter, you do a bunch of missions, you get up to like a gunship, which is like a small, a tiny cap ship, basically is what a gunship is. And then uh, it sounds like you go up to an actual cap ship because there are frigates and whatnot. And then you start doing fleet stuff. And then you take over, do you take over stations or do you build stations? You take over a base. Um, oh, okay. And then and then you expand from there to other bases. Wow. And I got to say, I love the different factions. So far, my favorite is the one that um, uses asteroids as like the base for everything, like its ships and its bases. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody always calls them like potatoes, you know? They do look like potatoes. You're right. Oh my God. They do look like potatoes. 
Because of all the cell shading, they Ooh. look like potatoes. Oh my god, that's so, so true. <laughs> some some might some might say they're potatoes, but that's uh, it. let's call the whole thing off. Um, how many factions are in the game? I I don't know if I've met everyone yet. So there's two. There's three different pirate factions. Two are actual factions. One is just like a mix of just just baseless, you know, criminals. Uh, there's one bounty hunter faction. There's one military faction. There's a civilian faction. And there's this sort of mercenary faction. So it's about six major factions. Well, seven if you count like the aliens. Yeah, I guess you could. I guess you would count the alien guys too. So there's about seven factions. Um, not all of them have as many bases as the others, you know. Not all of them you do missions for. You know, you don't do missions for the aliens. They're hey, they're aliens, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Your so, the, yeah, the character so. you the character you play is kind of alien, at least in the way other characters react to them. Like right, 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 right. Because because explain like because you're not a you're not a real you're not like a full human. You're not really human at all. In this, you kind of are, I guess. But you're kind of a. How would you explain what your character is? <laughs> so behind the scenes, you know, the games are are pretty dark. You know, when you sort of dig into the to the lore, the games are pretty dark. But essentially, imagine um, imagine you're you, right? You have loved ones, and you become in such circumstances that you need help. Let's say to your loved ones, or maybe your you're running for your life uh, and you have no other choice essentially than to sell your body. Um, you sell your body, whatever problem you had goes away. You know, let's say you have a sick loved one or you're going to go to jail, get, get executed, you know? So your, your final option is this, right? You sell your body to this, this sort of mysterious group. They take you, they, they replace whatever components they need of your body with, with, you know, cybernetics to make you a better killing machine. Essentially they wipe your memory and they put you in a ship and they sell you. Somebody buys you and they're like, Hey, I need to attack so-and-so and I just need these throwaway troops, you know, and that's what you are essentially. So it's a pretty, pretty grim sort of uh, outlook on the future where essentially you, you sell yourself to some super rich entity you know and then you're used as like uh like shock troops as a uh, cannon fodder you know uh, you know so this faction was a bit of an antagonist in uh, void destroyer one where they were hired and they were used against the player uh in void destroyer one there was this big war and then the leftover uh people leftover stubs uh Stub is sort of like slang for for what they are. Basically, stub means sort of like a short life. You know, they're not intended to live long. You know, uh, they're just intended to be to be sent into battle. So there was these leftover, basically amnesiac cyborgs, uh, and you're one of them in Void Destroyer Two. Uh-huh. Like the player at the beginning of the game, you have like no clue what's going on. You know? Right. You're right. in a. You're you're in a. Um, you're in a sort of a hostile place with no friends at all and no memory, you know, and you just sort of discover it. So it's a kind of a cool trope, you know, many games do that where you're like 
an amnesiac or you don't remember anything, you know? And then that right, way they sure. can explain things to you, the player character doesn't know versus otherwise you're like, oh, why are you explaining this to me? You know, I've been here, I'm, you know, I'm a father of five kids and I've lived in this city and you're explaining to me who the mayor is, you know, doesn't make any sense. But the amnesiac trope is pretty, pretty handy as far as writing goes. Um, so it just kind of turned out like that. that I'm like, oh man, who's going to be the main character in this game? And then the art style came along and it was like all this sort of trippy artificial art, art style. So we just kind of felt, everything kind of fell together that the main character would be uh, like a cyborg. Um, and I just so happened to have <laughs> a group of cyborgs that, that were involved in part one and that would be left over, you know? Um, I have to so admit. It's kind of a lot of lucky coincidences. I have to admit, I love the end, like other play, other NPCs reaction to your character They'll be like, you'll run to play characters and they'll be like, oh, one of you. (laughs) I find that amusing in a a dark way. I find that's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So everybody hates you because, you know, nothing ever good happens when these things are around. You know, imagine them just being like, um, yeah, if you see this thing, it's going to try to, kill everything around itself and and not care if it dies you know it's like just a total nightmare you know um like a rabbit just like a rabbit animal you know but like a human being in a in a ship you know with with huge guns on it you know so everybody's gonna hate you everybody's gonna hate and you were involved in a war against the so-called good guys so they're gonna not like you because of that either you know plus the the stigma of somebody seeing you and knowing that you were so desperate that that you had to sell yourself to do this. So so you're hated on all fronts, who you were, you know, this desperate nobody with, with a huge, gigantic problem of some kind, you know, and who you are right now, like a crazy killing machine, essentially, that's just going to be told what to do by somebody, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, there's some layers to it, I guess, if you dig deep yeah. into it. And, and uh, uh you seem to make, that. yeah. You make people ner- some people nervous. You make some people angry. It's actually, it's actually pretty great. Um, so I wanted to talk about the flight engine itself because, I mean, I'm I'm guessing you're supposed to spend much some of your time e- earlier in the game behind the cock in the cockpit, but then as you're, I guess as you grow, you're mu- you're mo- you're meant to be more in the overworld mode. Um. I, I would reckon. Um, but the end, at the end of the game, you can mm. play it entirely through overworld mode, like a 4X oh. game. Oh, wow. Okay. But in the beginning of the game, and the way I prefer to play, at least for now, is still in the cockpit mode. And you have, um, you have this great engine that not only, it's a full six degrees of freedom engine, um, with with all kinds of thrusters and everything, it's really great. You've you've able to put together battles at a scale I've I don't think I've really seen. I don't know if you saw in one of my videos there were what well, must have been dozens of fighters and larger craft zipping around shooting at each other. It was like almost overwhelming. It, um, it definitely was. Yeah, I mean, by the time you target something might already be dead you know that happens um, so many times 
That yeah. happened almost every time that I like I would target something, turn around to face it, boom, it's gone. Okay, right. target something, turn around to face it. Oh, that's also gone. So it's like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> you know, when I talk about like war and conflict, I have no clue what I'm talking about except what I've seen like on television and games. You know? Right. <laughs> I was trying right. to create something, something like that, you know, that kind of kind of imagine it just totally chaotic. Uh just just very chaotic. You're almost like almost as if you're paralyzed you know i almost was or you don't you know yeah yeah i almost was because it was it was so intense and but i have to say the flight the the engine the combat everything feels really great uh it is very different from the typical world war ii in space style uh space combat you'll engage in with a lot of games it is very, very much more Newtonian, uh, which I like. Um, and it's very intense. Like, you really have to do all these little maneuvers to avoid being hit, but also try to get a shot. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it's more about uh, maneuvering than aiming. Most of the weapons help you aim. Um, and in fact, a little bit into the game, you get turrets, which just do the aiming for you. So you're more so... Uh, worried about getting hit and and positioning yourself in the best way possible you know um and that's where giving you the control over your thrusters in in every direction uh really really kicks in it's great Um, and i gotta say i love how different all the ships feel like every ship i've flown feels different from that first little zippy fighter thing with two little pop guns to that just massive repair well it's probably the biggest ship I've flown yet, but that massive repair, uh, I know there are bigger ships, but that, that repair ship just is such a pig. Uh, now when you get even to the big, when you get into the bigger ships, like frigates, like what is the biggest ship in the game? Is it the frigate? That's the thing. It's the biggest I've seen. Uh, No, there's, there's way bigger ships. Um, Oh, there's, there's dreadnoughts. Oh my God. Can you buy a dreadnought? Um, Can't buy it. No. Oh, that's Boo. something like a, a nation of a planet would would build. Oh, so what is the biggest ship yeah. the player can have? Well, you don't buy it. Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. That that's <laughs> yeah, fine. You, you that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but when you get uh, my question was when you get uh, those larger ships, you could could you mm-hmm. still do a cockpit mode? Because you have multiple view modes. You have the cockpit mode. You have the turret mode, and all that stuff. Could you still do if you wanted to, um, if you wanted to yeah, fly? 100%. Oh, wow. That's cool. hundred <laughs> percent. So there, there's a, there's a camera for, uh, for capital ships. Um, but you can use it on fighters. You can use it on. So everything's available to everything. Uh, in fact, in, in the, some of the huge, huge, big cap ships have, um, you know, they have turreted weapons, in which case the cockpit mode might not be the best one, but some of them have the, just huge guns attached to them, you know, or beams, and in which case being in the cockpit is is pretty useful uh, for aiming. Uh, and of course, you can just let the crew take over it, take over control, you know, so um, you basically you have too many options. <laughs> you have too many I, options. I don't, I don't know if that's such, I don't know if there is such a thing. <laughs> 
Now, um, how, like, I think I've got about six or seven hours in the game, and I'm still, you know, relatively low level. I've got the repair thing. I've got a few fighters to watch my back with me. Um, but for the story mode, at least, how long typically would you envision someone would it take someone to get through the campaign? I, I mean, initially I was like, uh, 20 hours, you know, now it looks like it's more about 40 hours. Ooh, nice. Very Um, nice. But, but it's, it's really, um, the player controls a lot of the, the speed of it. You know, sure. Like um, how many, how many side missions do they do and and stuff like that? Right, right. If you're just focused on, because really your level is how much money you have. Um, if you're focused on that, you could, you could, you could greatly speed that up versus somebody else just like, oh, I'm going to do all the missions. I'm going to do all the factions. I'm going to check out all the ships. You know. Yeah. See, that's what um, I've been doing, which I think is good. <laughs> you know that's the kind of game i enjoy too um but there's there's so it's really hard to say you know i've seen i've seen various uh play times play times i never really timed it specifically you know if i was a bigger studio i could give you like an actual answer to this (laughs) um but but i can't you know so uh, but it isn't just is it just you is it just you that worked on this game or is there, there, are there some other folks that worked on it with you? So it's definitely not just me, but it's only one person did it full time and that's me. So basically it's me and contract artists, uh, musicians, 2D guys, 3D guys, um, modelers. Any of them have been here since Void Destroyer 1. The musician and sound guy has been here since Void Destroyer 1, you know. Um, I would send him, hey, I need some sound. I need a sound clip. I need a sound effect. I need some music. A few days later, I get it, you know, um, that that type of stuff. Uh, I had a pretty steady mo- steady modeler that did most of the models. Um, but that the last year of development, he didn't really do that much because for budget reasons, I kind of, started slowing those down quite a lot. Um, and to add to that, the the game engine is built off of components from the internet, like free open source uh, components, like a rendering engine, physics engine, things like that. So when you add it all up, quite a lot of people had their hands in uh, Void Destroyer 1, Void Destroyer 2, but only one full-time person, that's me. Whenever you say like one man developer, um, it's it's really for any game, for most games, it's really not that accurate. Um, but if you mean like one full time developer or one coder, well, it's not even that. But um, I always like to say like, hey, without so many people being involved, it just wouldn't be possible, you know? Yeah, because I it's it's hard to imagine one person is a great artist and musician and sound designer and writer and programmer and such and such. So like it makes sense to, you know, work on your strengths and then bring in some outside help as you can afford it to do the other stuff. Cause it is a, it's a great looking yeah, game. So. There, there are no complaints here. It is a great looking game. 
yeah, I like the art style of this actually more than the first game. Mm. You know, it's 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 cleaner and whatever. But I did I did notice that you finally listened to me mm. and you made black instead of that blue color. Yeah, so I wonder how much that hurt me when I launched into early access because a lot of people, I don't know about a lot, but there was a bunch of feedback about that. Um, I tried to go for something different and I think I wasn't popular enough. (laughs) There's like a Simpsons quote, I'm not popular enough to be different, you know? Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, I might have taken it a little too far. Um, And it felt kind of empty when you can see everything it feels kind of empty you know when it's a little darker it feels a little more mysterious a little more um full a little more spacey i guess you know because what i was going for still have the option there that you can toggle it yeah is it just stuck it's it's still there there's a there's a different skybox you can buy that's like the old one um the idea was is that the character is so artificial that they don't see through human eyes they see through like the ship sensors uh-huh. so they wouldn't see space as dark you know if you were in a ship and if you were in combat you would want to see everything right oh, yeah. um you wouldn't want to see like space dust and um even stars like what's the point of seeing stars at all you know there's, yeah. there's, like, there's well, no I'm point glad, i'm glad you left the option in because it was an interesting experiment Right. But it's just like every, everybody's initial reaction, because I, I think what bothered everybody is the color blue that you chose was the same color that Windows blue screen of death is. Mm. So <laughs> it just kind of gave everybody some trauma. Hmm. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, I didn't think of that one. Uh, yeah, there's different color. The color of the skybox was linked to the faction. So blue was the civilian. And that was like the first faction you came across. Um Green was the military, and that green like never looked right to me either. It was a little too, too intense. Um, mm. So there was a bunch of issues there that that I worked through. Um, I added this dynamic skybox for like creating nebulas and things like that, and star fields and like space dust things like that. So I think that worked out pretty well. We actually have a question from the t- from the chat. Um, uh, quote: I read the developer's latest update. And he stated that he's upgrading the art style for the next game. My question is, is he going for a more, quote, realistic look or staying with this style? So, yeah, this is a good question because let's say I stayed with the same style, right? Now I have to pay zero money, right? Because I already have everything. That's a a big advantage, right? Um, That's definitely something that I'm considering. Um, but at the same time, many people were, well, a lot of people like the art style. It's, it's polarizing, right? It's when you make something more generic, more people are going to like it, you know, uh, when you make something a little wilder, more people might talk about it, but it could also turn some people off, you know? Um, so what the art style, the new game is it I'm always working with scarcity. So it, it kind of depends on what I can get essentially, you know, what I'm willing to risk, what I'm w- willing to give up, you know, am I willing to spend a lot of money on it uh, and risk and risk, um, you know, that, that sort of aspect. 
can I find an artist that uh, can make something better than part two um, in exchange for for some other some other deal? You know, so it's gonna it's gonna really depend on that. Uh, those are really really tough. Tough. It's a really really tough question to to answer. Yeah, because oh, like, could you do it? Could you do it like an optional thing? Because you had like in the first game, you could turn the cell shade stuff on mm-hmm. and off. You could heavier or whatever like could could you just do that with it and that way you're not having to redo the art assets you can just kind of like throw another shader on it um, satisfy so the current style the current style is made around that shader um the way it goes is because there's so much color variation uh that shader picks up that color variation color variation and it creates the and it does calculations based on a, the change between one color and the next, and it puts the outlines between them. Um, so the art style is like totally built around that that, that shader, uh, from my perspective. But in, in my ideal ideal world, let's say to answer that that question, you know, uh, I would go for a more realistic art style, not totally realistic. Obviously, on an indie indie type level, it wouldn't be like Elite Dangerous or Star Citizen stuff, you know. Um, I'm always tempted to go with stuff more interesting, or maybe more unique is a better word. Um, sort of like different art styles, uh, simpler art styles that are a little more striking. Well, I always I mean, like that. One benefit. Um, so it's I, it's it's, it's kind of a. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Brian. Now, I was going to say, I think because you don't have the resources of Frontier Development or, um, was it, Cloud Imperium, uh, I think one one reason I appreciate Indie so much, like you and others, is because you focus, you guys, because you can't put all that fancy graphics out there, you focus more on the gameplay. Whereas a game like Elite Dangerous or Star Citizen does not have the features even you have. Um, Neither of those games have the features you have. Um, um, Because... Yeah, they're they're different. They're different types of experiences. You know, you could say like Elite Dangerous is about immersion um, Mm. or Star Citizen is about like, is about waiting 20 minutes for a (laughs) train on a planet to take you to a a different part of the planet where you buy a hat. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. You just nailed that on the head. Oh my god. I was watching someone stream Star Citizen the other day because I'm like, I wonder if this has gotten better. And uh he spent the first 20 minutes buying an outfit. Like, no lie. (laughs) He spent the first 20 minutes of the stream just buying an outfit. I'm like, really? And then like he finally gets Star Citizen, you can't buy another color for space. Uh, <laughs> but 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 then but then he starts flying around and this is great and then but he starts flying around and it takes like 20 to 30 real minutes to get from one place to another at one point yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. why <laughs> oh dude when when you do the warp thing and you yeah go to the like warp the thing are there's there's one that's far and you're talking 45 minutes dude, and you can get interdicted Oh like, God! Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's worse. It's worse than e. Like it is. Like I'm not it makes, here. Like it look, makes no I sense. Want immersion. I want immersion. But like, dude, I also have a real yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean? Like, 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's an online game, so it's not like you can like fast travel or like why can't I just rest while I'm flying or something? But no, you got to be live or whatever because it's immersion, quote unquote. And I was, I'm talking to this guy. I'm like, are you enjoying this? Like, wouldn't you like if they even gave you a game of cards right now? To play like like throw some solitaire on your bunk, you know, while you're traveling. But no, there's nothing to do while you're warping. It's like playing hopscotch in the cargo. <laughs> exactly, dude. dude that's exactly. what they could do. They could put in a card game. That's like that's what Gwent, I said. That's what I'm trying to say. But it's all the spaceships in the game, right? Ooh, With stats would be like Pokemon. Oh. You got to collect them all. But but then you can actually play like cards against other people while you're flying incredible distances because they got multi-crew ships right so you can yeah. have like five people on your ship all waiting for 45 <laughs> i'll, I'll so sit around a more. card table <laughs> throw so much stuff so, in so basically so. we're talking cards against boredom here uh, oh god what, yes. was it, what was it like in in um in was it knights of the old republic you could play the the pazak or whatever it was game yeah yeah yeah, that makes sense. Was well, that the is that the Chewbacca chess? Is that like little no, chess? No, no, no. So it, was, oh. it, was, it was a card game. It was an actual just like you're playing. Oh, you're, it's like you're playing. Oh God, a- right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot or, about that. Or you could get you could you could really get my immersion going if you had a like a Nausicaan watch in walk in and go, Domja human play Dom. Like I'd <laughs> I'd be all over that in a heartbeat. <laughs> You know, you know where they should give it every gets, player gets just a, through the heart. Just every player is a douchebag with an acoustic guitar. You know, because every part, every party has <laughs> oh, one. Yeah. Every It'll party has one. It's just I'm gonna play this thing I've been working on for six months. <laughs> no, and it'd just be like the songs from Stalker, right? They sing in Russian. <laughs> Everyone is named Chad. Oh, Everyone thank you so much, Chad. Awesome. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Twitch chat, for that gem. God oh, <laughs> damn it! I can't. I can't so, talk. So, Paul, when can we expect this in Void Destroyer Three? Yeah. So, in Void Destroyer Two, uh, going from base to base takes like ten seconds. I know. Oh, it's great. Yeah. You have time compression and, and it works and it's fabulous. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about Elite Dangerous. Like, okay, have this immersion, right? Have this cockpit travel thing, right? You do it once or twice or whatever. And then just have this fast method. You know, you, you can just do both, right? But not I mean, in, in, in Helium Rain. That's exactly what they did. You had to dock manually. Oh, the that's right. You know? X number of times, and then after you've bought the the module that allows you to auto dock, right, 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 right. you can auto dock anytime you like, unless it's damaged. Yeah, it's a different philosophy. You know, it's like hey, wasting, eh, yeah, let's just say wasting players' time or or um, or just sort of respecting their time. You know. Yeah, this is um, why everyone I just. I, I don't really. No, it's, I don't really it's understand fine. certain things like this. No, I don't either. I mean, when I when I funded the Kickstarter for Starsis, and I was like, "Oh, look, another uh, freelancer," because you never traveled long in freelancer, and when you did, 
there was always this great risk of being knocked out of a trade lane or something. And then, Oh, I'm in a fight suddenly. That was great. That, that, I mean, but you can't do that with, um, a multiplayer game, an online game, which is why it's stupid that these games are online. Which is why you can definitely do that. You can just spawn enemies in, but when I mean when when it's a trip, it's like in the hour trip or twenty minutes, and you spawn an enemy in, and it sends the player back into the the last base. You know that they probably were like can't piss players off that much. You know, um, I'm guessing that was their reasoning why they can't just spawn aliens at you and and like or pirates and just kick you off from the you know from your route. Oh, they, it'll interdict you, like in, uh, in Star Citizen, while you're flying the 45 minutes. Oh, that's well, right. Yeah, it, that it, happened to that like, guy that I was watching. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the first time I got interdicted, it was like coming right out of the station. I get knocked out, and I was like, oh, shit, pirates. And I took a shot at one. Well, here it was actually the cops. So now I've got mm. a law level, oh, great. and I died. Oh, no. But then when you respawn, you've still got your crimes. So... Then it's like if I'm docked from the station, I'm I'm toast, right? <laughs> so it was just like, what what do I do? Like you gotta go to jail, you gotta go to that space jail. Okay, see is, that? That's, is that? What gonna, do you do in is space? Is that gonna jail? happen in Star Citizen? Are you gonna go to jail? Totally, dude. It's there. <laughs> what? Yeah, it, yeah. 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 What? Yeah, I'm not joking. There's going to be like a space jail. Um, and you oh, yeah, have to they, log in and when, do life hours and, and when you, to pay off when your you, crimes. When you want to go and do like a cargo mission, you actually have to go land at the port, go and hand pick up the cargo, walk it into your cargo bay and put it down. And God forbid you have more than one crate because then you have to go back and get the next one. And then you have to fly it all the way where it's got to go. You got to get back in your cargo bay. You got to go pick up that box and go like hand deliver it to somebody. It's the price you pay for being a nice pilot. But there's something that I love about about Star Citizen. Um, it kind of highlights the difference between Star Citizen and like indie games, right? Many of them. They're like, you can take a coffee cup and fly it to some planet and leave it there. And then like, a week later, some player comes by and finds a co- coffee cup. You know, I don't know if you guys remember them saying that, but they said Who that cares? maybe a few times. Well, it's like no, I could just I could just create a random coffee cups anywhere. <laughs> it's like the same you, thing happened. You can, take, you can you know? take you know you know what the first thing somebody will do is they will take a thousand coffee cups somewhere and arrange them on the planet in the form of like a giant wang that you can see from <laughs> orbit. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah God, that's that's great. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You know, doing that is pretty <laughs> cool. But just putting a single coffee cup somewhere and then hoping that some player comes by later, sees the coffee cup, and thinks that somebody else put it there. Yeah, but it's but a at least stretch, guys. Well, but and it's how not many, even, and none of that is actually fun. You know, it's interesting, but, but it's not actually fun. How many people flew know? out to Hutton to get that mug, and it's not really there? Yeesh. Or the oh, free that's right. Yeah, that's the free right. anaconda. Free oh my god! What what is Hutton? That's like a three hour. Like, it's, it's not. A, it's not quick. Fast. It's not it's... quick. <laughs> Wait. What? Hang on. Wait a second. Stop. Someone, Golf X Ray in the Twitch chat. You went for the anaconda. I'm looking at the camera like it's on. You went for the anaconda. <laughs> 
You know, what? What? You what? Do you didn't? <laughs> oh, he did. I got okay, mine. thank God. <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> God damn. Hell, I got two. Where's yours? I was two fisted anacondas. Oh. Oh. Oh, wait. Oh. That's kind of horny, isn't it? I mean, whoops. <laughs> Elite Dangerous. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Dude, when space legs come in, it will all be fixed. We're, we're good. Space legs? Will it? Will it, though? No. Are, are they procedural legs? Yeah. <laughs> It'll randomly generate and sometimes mismatched legs. You might have That's... one short and the other, and then you just walk in a... <laughs> walk in That's a... just real life. I think our, our legs are, are slightly mismatched. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know my some more than others. You can get the shoe lift DLC that'll kind of even it out. Well, you know, Jim, Jim and I were talking about the other day. It would just be like it'd be nice if they could add or like somehow tweak the flight mechanics of No Man's Sky or take all of the non-flight stuff from No Man's Sky and put it in Elite Danger. That'd be pretty nice. That would be yep. That'd be great. Or or Evacron. Not even doesn't even have to be Elite Danger. Ever, have you ever? Oh, yeah. Elite is a game that it's like it's a ga- Microsoft it's a game? Flight Simulator. It's a game. It, it's yes. like Microsoft. <laughs> it's like Microsoft Flight Simulator, right? Where you really enjoy all the fiddling with the ship and just mm. flying it around is its own joy. But when you get somewhere, you land, and they take off again. <laughs> you know, because there's that's nothing to do much there. It. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean. I told you yeah, I bought so I can, that add-on. Oh yeah, yeah. The the well, maybe that's what they need. They need yeah. a third-party yeah, economy they, add-on for yeah. yeah. You know that's 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 the that's the funny thing about like um, Doctor Who as an example. In like the early seasons of Doctor Who, and I'm I'm referring to the 2005 pick pick back up that they did of Doctor Who. Right. There's these like random episodes where they would go to like some like alien outpost, and like the Doctor would talk about like, well, they've this place has like one, like the the last remaining or some rare thing. Like we should go look at it. And it's just like you can't even do that in elite. Like you can't be like this space station out in like the middle of nowhere, far beyond the reaches of mankind, has like one of the rarest elements. Like let's go look at it. You can't. Sorry. Just like something <laughs> of with points point something with points of interest that are more than just like. Go here and land, and then take off again. Or I just wish who, who can I get just, further the, the the quickest or whatever. I just wish they'd made it like a Euro Truck Sim too. Like all they need is a business layer because you're running a business. It's just your ship is your business. And yeah, I'd, I'd take that. Yeah, they, yeah, I would think that Brian has listened to this show before because <laughs> I've said that so many. Of course, times. of course, yeah. we've all said it's, that. We've all dude, said that. That's all we dude, want. It's, That's why I bought that right. thing for Flight Simulator. Ba- it basically turns it into Euro Truck Sim. Um, oh my so- God, Paul, Paul, what? Since you're here, okay. Now, now you've heard the community. You know what we want. <laughs> the community. Yeah, we, we're the community. We're the whole community. We are. <laughs> we're, we're, so, we're it. I've always been making. So, I've always so been you, making what I want. <laughs> dude, it will be so huge in Germany. You oh. will not believe. And then, and then you can build in yeah, like I could, I, you I can build it, in yeah. a forklift simulation, right? Where you actually drive the forklift to load the cargo on your ship. 
dude, you're, you're going to be rich in Germany. <sighs> Right, let's get back to the the actual game we're here to talk about tonight because we actually have a question about it. Um, no, that is the game I'm here to talk about. Tonight. Oh, I've, I'm no, lurking, no, waiting to spring, the- <laughs> spring the trap. Um, another question about the next game Paul wrote about. He mentioned that it's going to be more RTS than cockpit based. What made him decide on that direction? Well, there's there's so many things. Um, Basically, Disappointment, Warcraft 3. <laughs> so what, what's happening is uh, spending three years between games is just is just crazy. You know, it's absolutely crazy. I really have to fight against this. Uh, my tendency of just spending all these all these years sort of grinding away. Um, you, it's, it's really important on Steam to be releasing games. Uh, just as fast as possible. That's that's when you get the attention, right? That's when you get your chance to shine. Uh, waiting three years, you know. I, I've made Voice of Shore Two is like has like three games in it, you know. Uh, essentially, I could have released maybe one and a half or two games in that span, um, and gotten to the point potentially of being able to hire a team. And make and make bigger games even faster, you know. Um, so my goal is to cut my development time like down to about a year. Initially, I was thinking six months, but even if I was somehow crazy to do that in six months, which is I really doubt because I'm always late with everything, uh, it wouldn't be a good time to launch a game in six months because it's like Christmas and things like that. So. Really, my window is like February, January, February, like like it is like I released Void Destroyer too. So I kind of have this deadline of a year. So basically, uh, with that in mind, I can't like make three games in one uh, anymore. But what I can do is I can take Void Destroyer two, I can shore up its four X elements, the late game essentially, uh, slice off the early game. You starting in a fighter. And basically have a 4x game with with the best combat of any 4x game out there. Um, essentially, so you know if you play like Master of Orion, right? Um, the, the 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 original the combat is okay for the time; it's fine, right? Uh, but then 4x games keep doing that; they keep giving like players like this mediocre combat, not a lot of control. Some of them are just like you don't have any control at all. You know, you just watch like a cutscene. Um, Void Destroyer 2 has an 4X layer added, has an RTS layer, and has like a ship flying layer. What I'm essentially going to do is I'm going to slice off the start of the game and place the state player almost in the middle of Void Destroyer 2 when they have a base, and then they expand from there. And they can still go to the RTS layer. Uh, they can still fly any ship there is but they can also play it as like a 4X game. And hopefully in doing that, I can grab a bigger audience. Because in Void Destroyer 2, you have to be a fan of uh, Space Sim. You have to be a fan of a real-time strategy game. And you have to be Mm. a fan of a 4X game, you know? So it's like a Venn diagram, right? Right. And in the middle is the smallest component, right? It's the smallest audience. Um. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to go more for the 4X portion of that Venn diagram 
and then say, hey, by the way, guys, you can you can play like a real-time strategy game um, like Homeworld, you know, issue commands. And by the way, guys, you can also play it like a uh, space shooter where you can fly fighters, Corvettes, gunships, dreadnoughts, whatever, you know. So I'm still hoping to grab the crazy space sim guys, you know, the crazy uh, RTS guys, the Forex guys. I think that's that's a bigger market, you know. Like I kind of like the idea of like uh, if you have RTS combat, but then you can pick a unit and jump in it and fly it around, right. and do whatever. That, that already exists in Boy Destroyer too. All those things already exist. So basically, this new game would be taking Boy Destroyer two and polishing up a lot of the ui to make to make the forex element easier and more uh in depth you know that's the last thing i worked on in voyager 2 the end was the last thing i worked on so it has so it has the least um i guess least development okay so in um, so in void destroyer 2 right whenever um as you advance in the game you end up owning bases and stuff and you know kind of like void destroyer one right where you started you know at the the potato or whatever that thing was um right. and and then you go into rts mode and you can direct your ships to go attack mm-hmm. things and then you jump into the ship that you want because whenever you start in void destroyer two you just have the one ship right, right. but as you acquire other ships like do do they go wherever you say on the map or do they always kind of follow you in a swarm or how do both, you work that both so some ships are going to be with you and some ships are going to be independent and you can give them orders to trade, mine, uh, patrol, guard, invade bases, attack bases, things like that. That's the 4X layer. Um, Like I I haven't played Stellaris, but let's say Stellaris being a good example, right? Where you click on a fleet and you say, hey, go over to that planet, right? And blockade it. Um, that exists in Boy Destroyer 2 already uh, not, not at that level of like having a galaxy you know but having like a much smaller play area uh, but that already exists what I want to do I want to shore that up with more features um, doing is I'm slicing off a portion of Boy Destroyer 2 uh, the start polishing up the end and um, giving the player many of the things they expect in, a, in an actual Forex game, you know, like different starts, uh, random map generation um, campaigns. Kind of, it's, it's like if you imagine Sins of a Solar Empire, but with with nice nicer combat, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus, plus. Um, Plus my own my own takes, you know, and everything that already exists in Boy Destroyer Two. Um, so Newtonian physics, uh, projectiles actually being there, uh, so you can actually dodge, um, you can fly any ship, stuff like that. So my goal is by actually almost like slicing a portion of the game, not including another story, which is like a year, you know, that I can actually do this in a year. Plus my goal is to put all these things into Void Destroyer 2 first uh, as much as I can. Um, and hopefully at the very end is, is some code that won't be in Void Destroyer 2. Um, that's another goal of mine, to bypass early access but still have players 
testing the game for me, which I, which I desperately need. Uh, so I think it's like a big win-win. I can polish up Voyager Shorter 2. I can add more 4X features into it. Uh, bug fixing, polish, UI elements. And then uh, branch that off into whatever this new game is going to be called. After that, um, if that's a if that's a good you know good good outcome, uh, continue with the same code and go on to hopefully Void Destroyer three, um, and hopefully cut down development time of that too because I already spent like a year polishing the the four X elements, the game engine, and things like that. You know. Uh, but also keeping in mind that not to not to spend another three years after that because I think I'll be like fifty <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, I think I'll be fifty at that point or, or something like that. Though Jesus, yeah, yeah. So, um, so beyond that uh, game that we just talked about, we, we we need to start wrapping up. It's getting late for our East Coast folks. Um, uh, besides that game you just talked about, what are your plans, if any, to for um, any kind of post-release support for Void Destroyer 2 at this point? Yeah, so essentially it's going to be a year, a year of me adding features that, that are going to go into this next game. So um, hopefully things like seamless overworld mode and ship mode. Right now, you hit like a key and it just kind of flips you over. There's a bit of a delay, but I want it to be like seamless where you just, you're basically zooming out, you know? Uh, you're using the mouse wheel to like switch between those things and you can just like zoom in, zoom out, things like that. That'll be a really good thing for the for the 4X game. Um, so hopefully that'll be put into Void Destroyer 2. Um, you know, the thing is saving anywhere, uh, which would be pretty cool. Um, you can save in the middle of a battle um which will be good again for the forex game because you want to like save at any time in a forex game you don't want to like spend an hour in a battle and then have to redo it you know right um right. especially when the battles get so big uh players have talked a lot about like the fleet management that it's kind of cumbersome to make a fleet later on you you get you make several several fleets and you and at that point, you're basically tossing like hundreds of ships at at enemy bases, and they're gonna all be destroyed. And you're gonna have to make another fleet, and another fleet, and another fleet, and that's kind of like cumbersome right now for you know, according to a lot of players. So things like that, like enhancing those elements, um, maybe even some diplomacy stuff like that. So uh, maybe we'll do some DLCs. Hopefully, I talked to um, one existing artist uh of from void destroyer one void destroyer two if he wants to bring a faction over from void destroyer one into void destroyer two as a dlc Ooh. uh i'm also talking to a, another artist um to make a potentially a new faction for void destroyer two um what i'm trying to do there is i'm trying to make dlcs mostly about the art so they don't take as much of my time. Um, but I think I will still have to spend a, a decent chunk of time like adding missions. So I don't want to just release like a bunch of ships for, you know, whatever dollar amount that we that we figure out. It's, it's a little cheap, you know what I mean? Uh, just releasing ships. I'm sure many players would, would be happy with that, but 
Um, I want to add some missions and things like that for those factions, not to just make them like, hey, here's some ships you can you can buy, you know, um, right. for real money, like Star Citizen. <laughs> Except it's like a few bucks. <laughs> but hey, at least uh, you're not selling just pictures of ships. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're selling. So definitely want to. Those things hopefully will will turn out well. Um, that's a little little different change for me too. It's sort of testing the waters, how a sort of a revenue share might work for for the next game. Um, the DLC might be a good test for that. Like how how it goes how it goes like that. Um, a lot a lot of plans, a lot of things I didn't even think of. You know, when I make these games. It's sort of one idea flows into the next. Oh, this needs work. Oh, okay, now that this is here, eh, this other thing could could really help it. Oh, and now that I have this, this other thing just is screaming to be done. You know, uh, so hopefully it'll be a a good amount of good amount of work in Voyager Two, adding those sort of four X elements, and then just being able to take all that and, into the new game. Uh, just sort of like a win-win at that point, you know, like supporting quite a lot more than Void Destroyer One in a way. Uh, but Void Destroyer One, being a linear game, it just had like a natural end, you know. Right. Uh, whereas in a sandbox game, you can just keep expanding it. You know, you can just say, "Hey, this this other area next to the main area also has some stuff." You know, you can always sort of grow it. Whereas, like in a linear story-based game, you can't be like, "Oh, let's go back in the middle here and shove some stuff in there." It just doesn't work like that, you know. No, that makes sense. Uh, we have one last question from the audience: uh, Will you be upgrading the Void Destroyer Two art assets to the new realistic style as well? Um, so I can't really say if it's going to be a realistic style. Um. Yeah, it's really hard to answer that question. Um, sure. It, it depends, really depends on the artist more so than me. It's kind of funny to say it like that, but I'm, I'm always working with scarcity, uh, whether it's going to be a realistic style. Um, and even if, let's say, I did find an artist that does a realistic style, then it's like, hey, how many ships of that can I get? You know, obviously, I'm going to want a lot of ships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. They probably won't be Void Destroyer 2 ships. If I go with a new art style, um, converting them over would probably take as long as it would take making new ships. Um, so that's, it's probably just, just better to just make new ships, you know? So I want to do some crazy wild ideas. Um, in Void Destroyer 2, the factions were really balanced against each other. And every faction had to have like starting ships, middle ships, and end ships, uh, because the player might fly to the pirates and buy their fighter. You know, so their fighter has to be competitive and balanced against the other ships. In a four X game, you can be a little little wilder. You know, you right. can the player sort of is starting with like a little mini empire, right? Like in let's say Master of Orion. Um, they have more resources, so it doesn't have to be quite as balanced. Like every ship doesn't have to be quite as balanced. So I want to make all kinds of just crazy ships. Um, I would go for more like expanse style ships. Oh, that would be my dream. 
Oh, where, oh yes. Where? Oh uh, yes. And I love that series. I would love to have like tons of like point defense on ships, and have missiles flying at long range and rail guns at long range, things like that. You know. Oh. Um, oh. I would love to go more realistic. Like, you know, why? Um, like ships tend to have most of their weapon up front. But then ships run from each other. Why not put a ton of weapons in the back, right? So one faction might be more geared towards running away and shooting at you, you know? Uh, and if you're the player, those tactics might might be kind of interesting. Kind of just kind of wilder stuff like that. I think I can I can make sort of um way stronger factions that don't have to be balanced against each other, you know. Um can make just just crazier factions like that. But sure, one had had some crazy factions, uh, like the drill ships, you know. Right. Uh, oh, I forgot pretty about wild faction, ships. kind of stuff like that, you know. Kind of stuff you like get, that. Kind um, of getting into Warhammer craziness. There, it sounds like if you go yeah, in that direction, not quite as much trying to keep it realistic. You know? Right. Um. Sort of. Sort of like future realistic, kind of like the Expanse ish. Um, maybe like the reavers so, from firefly you know, one faction might be yeah so one faction might be focused on speed the other one might be focused on uh, armor you know slower just but just making them a little more distinct um more like rock paper rock paper shotgun type stuff you know where um this faction is strong against this faction that faction is strong against that faction that, that kind of stuff um That'll be some stuff I would look into, and that really relies a lot on uh, if if I can get the art for it. Because if I just draw boxes, you know, I can do that myself, right? A uh, bigger box, smaller box, pointier box, you know. But uh, people aren't gonna aren't gonna go for that. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of a lot of stuff depends on the artist. A lot of stuff depends on stuff outside of my control, you know. Um, Right. If I had like a team, if I had an office, um, it'd be a different story, you know. Just say, "Hey, dude, make these ships." You know, make me five different type of ships, and I'll choose the nicest one or the most interesting faction or whatever. You know, versus like, oh, "Okay, you made this. Okay, thanks. You know, here's your money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, you really helped me. But I really, ideally, you would spend like." Instead of three days on this, you would spend like a week on one fighter, you know, and you made like 10 variants of it. You know what I mean? And then yeah. we have a big meeting and we choose the best one, you know, um, and then you do that for the next ship and the next ship and the next ship. Uh, it's just like a question of budget, you know. Um, so, so yeah, those are going to be some interesting things. Um, some interesting challenges uh, that, yeah, I'm trying to do things differently than than before. So a lot of unknowns. Lot no, of that unknowns. sounds that sounds awesome, dude. Uh so folks, the yeah, game you is always do, right? All the, the yeah. developers always like sound awesome, right? And then but they make something. You, but you something. deliver in the most part. Like folks, the game is Void yeah. Destroyer 2. If you look at its Steam page, it's getting very positive reviews. I think it's actually very positive, it says. Yep, very positive. Good, uh, eighty-two. Yeah, Steam DB rating of eighty-two point two five, which is great. Um, so yeah, you've got great Steam reviews. 
I've, I mean, I'm, we're just so happy to see this is successful. Uh, and, and that it actually happened. I mean, you could have fallen off, you could have fallen off the, not the wagon, but you could have you know, fallen in a pit and, and never done this again. And we've been like, okay, it's another space game that never got finished. Excuse <coughs> me. But we're really glad. Not yeah, only that you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I was telling this to my wife that, um, I remember, like, this was years ago when I still had a regular job at a regular office. Like, they, they asked me to fly somewhere to this other office to set up some servers. And I'm like, man, I'm kind of nervous on this flight. Like, I never felt, like, nervous on a flight. You know, what the hell, you know? And then I'm like, oh, if I died, I would never finish Void Destroyer. <laughs> 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 oh my god i'm like this is why i'm afraid of, of death that i would not finish void destroyer oh that's oh and man. here i am in void destroyer too it's just weird man it's just weird when you work on a long project like this like stuff stuff gets weird you know um so yeah i definitely had to finish it um and it was a great relief to finish it I'm um, sure, and I'm I'm glad I you're think not. I got super lucky. Go ahead. Yeah, you got super lucky. I think I got so super lucky in many many events. I could have had more luck in the other ones, but in many ways, even on the release date, I was going to launch a week later, around Valentine's Day. But I'm like, nah, Valentine's Day doesn't sound right, you know. Uh, and Valentine's like the day before Valentine's Day, like all these really cool games came out, like Wilson. Right, and Metro Exodus came out. Uh, yeah, all these like games that would have just squished me like a bug, you know. Instead, I stayed on the Steam page, the new and trending for like a week, which was like amazing. Um, and even those games are like pushed off by other games. So if I if I if I had a week longer release, I, I don't know if like the new game would have happened or or future games might have not happened, you know. Might have had to get like a real job. Um, yeah. And say, hey, how was your weekend? <laughs> oh, man, another Monday. I was like practicing my, my, you know, lingo again. Oh, did you see the game last night? What a crazy game, huh? What'd you do over the weekend? Did you go I'm antiquing? Like, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> oh, trying God. to practice, you know, practice the lingo because it's been like five years or something. The office lingo. I don't, oh, I don't miss, man. I don't miss it either. I don't miss it either. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, so again, yeah. folks, the game is Void Destroyer Two, for I believe fifteen dollars. Right, fifteen dollars. Yes, fifteen dollars. You get, um, probably one of the most impressive space sandboxes, single player space sandboxes you will find, especially at that price. Just such a value you're getting for that price. Um. Oh, it's $20. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Still, that's an yeah, amazing I value. It up. I it up. Oh, when you left, uh, <laughs> when you left earlier. Oh, that makes sense. Um, no, that's still an amazing the value. Story on that. Um, yeah, the only reason to bump it up is so you can discount it more. It's, it's ridiculous. No, I believe it. It's, it's I ridiculous. totally believe it. It's It's all part of the game of being a game developer on Steam. That's its own meta game yeah no i totally <laughs> if i raise the price now i could drop it more later and it'll look like a better sale yeah. and people will be like "Ooh, i it's want ridiculous. it now 
Yeah, no, no, it's not. Because we're all impulsive yeah. freaks and we all have so many games, but we can't stop buying games. That's the that's the game, is the how many is, games can you own? The sad thing <laughs> is um, there's, there's a huge, it's not sad, I'm the same way, I shouldn't say it's sad, but there's a huge just gamers that are only going to buy games on sale. Yeah, you know, I'm one of them. Um, so yep. it almost doesn't matter what the price of the game is, within reason. You know, obviously, right? Within but reason, you, obviously. But you will but, have those folks. I mean, you that, don't want to like. You will have some folks that'll buy stuff right out of the gate, though. Like there are yeah, those exactly. gamers. So there's people that yeah. are going to buy a game that's not on sale, and they don't really care about the price as much. You know. Exactly. So. um and plus, the game grew so much since early access. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to increase the price. I've never done that before. I was so nervous about it. Uh, and because of that, I had to skip the Thanksgiving sale, which was like, man, I was so nervous about that because I did it a little too or too too late. Because uh, you can't raise the price and go on sale within a certain amount of time on Steam. Oh, geez. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to skip the Christmas sale too. I'm going to skip the Christmas sale. I'm not going to put the game on Christmas to try to concentrate people into release, you know, to bump me up in that that crucial ranking to get on the popular popular uh, games thing. So I was doing all these crazy things that I've never done before, like just sweating bullets. Uh, and I think if I launched a week a week later, I would have been just like just squished, squished like a bug, you know, just Damn. just totally. Um, Kind of amazing. I think one week later would have would have made a huge difference in three yeah, years. Yeah, because so much crap that know. so much crap came out that week. You're absolutely right. I forgot about that. Like it was, it feels like so long ago, but it was like a week and a half. It was so long yeah. ago. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we could we around here we couldn't be happier for your, the success of Void Destroyer Two. Um, and we can't and we cannot yeah, and wait. You guys have always been like the. Like, like I always say this, the space game junkie community has always been like so welcoming to developers, you know, like everywhere else you go and they like, get out of here with your game, jerk. We don't want to really? play any new game. You know, we just want our existing games, you know, uh. <laughs> except like space game junkie. They're like, oh, cool, man. He's making a game. Yeah, show it. Tell us about it. You know? Yeah, get we we, the, we love game developers. Podcast, you know, we'll make a video on it. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's yeah, great. We do love game developers. So, uh, folks, just a couple of quick programming notes before we wrap up. Next week on the podcast, we're doing... Oh, God. Uh, We're going to have an early show because we're welcoming back another former guest. Uh, We're going to have the developers of... um, Wait, where is it? Yeah, we're going to have the developers of Avorian uh, on. Their game is about to leave early access after a fairly long period as well. And so uh, they're, um, God, where are they? In Germany? They're, I forget where they are. They're way over there. And so we're going to have, we're going to have them on at 6 a.m. our time. We haven't done a 6 a.m. podcast in a while. uh, So this will be interesting. So yeah, that's going to be a 6 a.m. Pacific time podcast next week. Uh, Tomorrow for the stream, we're trying out a new game called, no King, No Kingdom. It is a first-person real-time strategy game where you apparently can, where you apparently, uh, apparently control your forces from the back of a dragon. So that sounds fun. I can't wait to try that. 
And I want to thank uh, you all for hanging out with us today. Your time, and I say this a lot, but I mean it sincerely, your time is your most valuable thing. You can't buy more time. So we really appreciate you spending it with us. And uh, we're also trying to make this a full-time endeavor. So you can go to spacegamejunkie.com slash support to find all the ways to help make that happen. Patreon, merch store, all that. And finally, we want to thank especially our wonderful patrons who help literally keep the lights on around here. Couldn't do what we do around here without you. So thank you so much. Paul, again, thank you so much for coming on. And we hope to have you back for whenever your next thing, uh, we can actually play your next thing, whatever it's going to be called. (laughs) Yeah, I have a name. I have a name. It's a pretty good name. Pretty excited. I can't say it, though. Don't say it now. Wait wait until you're sure. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., Uh, and back here on the podcast next week. Have a great night or day or whatever time it is for y'all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.